Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. I always like to kick things off with something super interesting. And we're going to talk about Uranus. Yeah, the planet. Okay, all jokes aside, NASA is asking all backyard astronomers to take a look at the backside of Uranus and also Neptune for them. Because here's the deal. There have been calls to make a return to both planets. Apparently, it's been 37 years since there's been a mission to Uranus and 34 years for Neptune. But if a mission was launched now, it would take at a minimum 20 years before they would actually reach the planet. So that's why right now NASA is calling for everyone to look at Uranus for science. I know what you're thinking, Kim. I don't need a telescope to look at Uranus. Yeah, and on that happy note, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Kim Commando, America's beloved digital goddess here with you once again. And you're about to get more tech smart because every single thing is now a tech thing. And if you're a brand new listener to the Kim Commando Show, welcome. So glad to have you with us. And if you're already a listener, welcome back. You look marvelous, darling. And you can find my award-winning show on over 420 top stations throughout the United States. And you can also find us as a podcast, as a webcast, commercial-free, over at commando.com. In the upper right-hand corner of the homepage, there's a big old button that says Commando Community. And yeah, I said commercial-free. Now, if you're listening on the radio, we love that. And just a reminder, you can also get us as a podcast Monday through Friday, Wherever you get your podcast, just search for my last name with a K, of course, and that's Commando. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And if you're just too dang shy to come on a big-time radio show and podcast, I get that. You can just head over to commando.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says Email Kim. Alrighty, then every single day, I check out at least 35 different websites to make sure you're up to date on all things digital. And here are five things that you need to know that's happening right now. And we're going to start with yet another viral TikTok trend. Only this time, it's not silly, it's not dangerous, it's not a complete waste of time. That if you've ever taken a college level class on math and probability, then you may have heard of the infinite monkey theorem. Okay, it says that a random monkey punching randomly on a keyboard with an infinite amount of time, will eventually type any given text, even war and peace. Yeah. So it's happened on TikTok. Gen Zers, they have discovered something called cash stuffing, or at least they think it's new. Just as it sounds, instead of running up credit card bills, they take cash, they stuff it away into envelopes, label things like groceries and savings and gifts and vacation and fun. And when they have enough in each envelope, oh my gosh, yes, mind blown, they spend it on the appropriate items. No credit cards, all cash. Now, maybe we need to tell them a secret. Hmm. Generations have been stuffing cash under the mattress for, what, centuries. That's right. Moving on to number two, Americans and their doorbell camera data. We're hearing a lot these days about White House logs, records of who and goes at the White House. And if you own a Nest or a Ring doorbell, There's a lot of comings and goings at your home, too. But who actually gets all this information? All right, 93% of Americans say they wouldn't buy a doorbell camera if they knew that it collected and sold data about their family. But the big selling doorbell cams are from, yes, ding, 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 big tech companies. Nest is owned by Google. Ring is owned by, of course, Amazon. And millions more just add Nest and Ring cameras to our homes every month. But only 13% 
are aware that all the ring and nest data is collected, stored, and sold. Okay, now add facial recognition tech to the mix, and your ring and nest cams are generating all these mountains of data on you and your family. And where it's going, nobody really knows. So that's why if you want a video doorbell, get yours from our sponsor, Simply Safe. It does everything that the Nest Ring does and more. And you can learn more about it over at simplysafekim.com. All right, moving into number three on our list of five things, the Twitter killer threads. That's right, Mark Zuckerberg, so-called Twitter killer. It launched like a July 4th fireworks show when within five hours, Zuckerberg claimed, wasn't authenticated, but he claimed that 10 million people have signed up. Oh, so where is threads today? Unraveling, pun intended, Another unverified report claims that within a week, threads reached 100 million users. Mm, I don't think so. Analysts say maybe 10 million, maybe. So it's a safe bet that threads isn't going to get another free publicity. They ride like it did on its launch, even though they are launching a website version. I suggest that Zuckerberg put his threads up on his trophy shelf right there next to his metaverse. Yeah, yeah, the dream world nobody wanted. All right, moving on to number four, you're browsing Facebook and you see all these flashy ads for artificial intelligence tools like OpenAI, MidJourney, and Google. They claim there's a huge development and all you have to do to participate is to click. Oh, don't do that. That link is not going to take you to some helpful AI app or site. It's going to download a big heap of malware right onto your device. It's going to steal your passwords everything with your crypto wallet and any other valuable credential you might be stored in your browser. So some even imitate real AI websites. And then you get these virus-laced signups. So here's the deal. Don't trust a logo or URL alone. Don't believe all these reports about special deals, limited time downloads, and don't trust the name of any download either. That file may be called best chat GBT ever in the entire world but it's going to be delivering malware right to your hard drive. And finally, this coming in at number five. If you can't hear an actor's dialogue when you stream movies and shows, it's not your hearing. And guess what? You're not alone. Remember when everyone complained that TV stations were turning up the volume during commercials? In reality, they never did this, but it seemed like they did because the commercial's audio was mixed, emphasizing the voice track. Yes, so this way you could hear the dialogue over the background. But in streaming, things operate a little bit differently. All the audio, all the sound effects, all the music, all the voices are just squeezed down into one mushy soundtrack to fit your available bandwidth. That is your internet speed. So the result is you just can't understand a thing. And it's not just you, like I said, no one can. The short fix is to follow what Gen Zers, Millennials, Gen Xers, and Boomers, everybody else is doing. You just turn on the closed captioning. And then you watch the screen while you're listening to what's being said. And it's good for the kids, too, because this way, when you tell them to start watching less television and read more, you could just turn the subtitles on. And that's it. They're reading. Hey, just a moment before we start all of your phone calls, I want to talk about our free newsletters, because if you're not getting them, oh my gosh, you are so missing out. Over 500,000 we send every single day. In the morning, you're going to get the tech news that you need to know. I'm talking about 
changes, things that are happening with big tech and Congress and uh, these big security alerts and breaches. And then, of course, we throw in some tips and always a funny meme at the end because everybody needs to smile in the morning. And then in the afternoon, that's when you're going to get the tech hacks. These are tricks. These are things like how to set up your phone right now because in case you lose it, I want to make sure that you can find it, as well as some changes and how you can get, for example, student discounts this time of year. So it's this really important tech know-how. And again, every morning you get the tech news and every afternoon you get the tech tricks and hacks. So how do you sign up? Absolutely free. Head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. And I have to tell you, I am not going to sell, lease, distribute your email address to anybody ever. Okay, so your email address is safe with me. And if you used to get our newsletters and you said, hmm, Kim, they just were pretty crappy. Yeah, they were crappy. They were. But these newsletters are not. There's only one ad per day per newsletter. So again, you can sign up right now over at getkim.com. And how about we start with Ruth in Hyde Park, New York? Well, as I said to to your screener, uh, I am in the process of planning my uh, high school 55th class reunion. And since I'm only 12, I'm not quite sure how that works, but... (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? How did that happen? Oh, I woke up one morning and going, holy cow. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we had had a reunion 10 years ago, and as usual, there are people that wanted to come but couldn't make it for various reasons. And I created a slideshow on CD or DVD, whichever it was. And for people who couldn't come, we sent them a copy so they could see class pictures and, you know, a couple of other things. And people really liked it. So I sat down to do it for this reunion. And whatever program I used is gone. Or back then I was probably on Windows 7. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so I I need a program that's preferably free or inexpensive to create a slideshow for my class reunion. Okay. Um, Well, you know, the good news is, is that you don't have to make it on a CD or DVD anywhere. Okay. So that's the good news. Um, Because once you create, and now they're not really called like slideshows anymore, you're going to make a movie. Okay. And um, I love your enthusiasm, by the way, Ruth, you're awesome. (laughs) Uh, And then you're going to upload it to YouTube. And then you, anybody, you can, you have a couple of options. You can leave it on YouTube so anybody can look at it, or you can just make it so unless somebody has the link, then they'll, they'll be the only ones who can see it. Okay. Okay. You know, I didn't think of that. I have done, put stuff up on YouTube, but just didn't think about it. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, this is great. You know, so you know what I'm saying? You don't have to like, because you email somebody a CD or DVD and they're like, oh, you know, it doesn't work. I can't get it to play. (laughs) Uh, You know, or I don't even know where my Blu-ray player is anymore, which is, that's my excuse because I'm sure it's in the house somewhere. We just don't need it anymore. All right. So a couple of things. There's, um, you know, probably... The one of the great programs out there to do this with, let me back up. You've got a couple of ways to do this. You can pay by the month for a program because now it's software as a service. Okay. Right. And so you can pay by the month and it's like five to seven dollars a month, or you can actually buy a program. And so when you start looking at video creating programs and we want it easy and we want it fun and we want the transitions, it would be really great, right, Ruth, if there was a template. Absolutely, because I've gotten lazy as I've gotten old. (laughs) Well, yeah, that and you know what? Who wants to recreate the wheel, right? And then the other thing, too, is we want to make sure that we use like 
really good music. And we, if it is on YouTube, we want to make sure that we use music that's not copywritten, right? Right. Because, because then all of a sudden, the YouTube copyright police will come by you, and then they're going to sing you this nasty note, and then they're going to force you to take it down. And then all your friends will be like, loser Ruth. I mean, she was like this <laughs> in high school. I thought she was like over it, you know, or whatever it was. Okay. Some things so, never change. So we don't want that to happen. But I'm sure, Ruth, like, okay, so when you go to those reunions, do, okay, are you surprised how old everybody looks? Yeah, except today I forget what I did. I, I, I looked in the mirror for some reason. I said, who is that person? It's not me. And you're like, whoa. I know. It happens to all of us. It does. And then it's, I say, but I'm still here. I'm still you know, kicking. That's it. And that's the important thing, um, which is when you start doing some of these videos now with the templates, you can have fun because there's like you could grab a yearbook picture and do like a before and after, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, you can also send a note out to everybody and say, hey, listen, uh, tell me about your greatest adventure that you've had your entire life and send me one photo. And so you might get pictures of, you know, somebody like standing on the top of Everest or somebody like in Venice or just somebody, you know, surrounded. Maybe their accomplishment is they've got 10 kids and 30 great grandchildren you know, or whatever it may be. And so so you can start incorporating those type of things into it as well. So, you know, I'm sure you have like the, the standard memorial stuff, too. You know, people that have passed on. Right. OK, so the one of the there's there's one program that's really good. It's called Cyberlink and it's about five dollars a month. OK, and if you wanted to buy it, it's like a hundred dollars. Yeah, but if you do buy it for by the month, after two months, you quit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so that's why I said, you know, it's up to you if you want to buy it by the month. You know, you can do the same thing with Adobe Premiere, and that's over at Adobe site. And they actually have a program called Adobe Premiere Elements that is like this. I see. I have Adobe Premiere Elements, but it's back from, I don't know, a while ago, and I put it in my 2000, you know, my current Windows, and it just wasn't very happy. I no. need something new. I need it, something new. Yeah, it does. It, it's not going to be very happy. So you can try Adobe Premiere on the web. Again, it's just going to be, uh, you know, a couple of, maybe like 7 seven or $10 a month. But um, And then there's also Corel has something. You've been around, so Corel has their product. Uh, but I think if I had to choose doing a, a, a reunion, I would probably, just because I know it's so easy to use, and if you've already used Adobe Premiere, I'd probably be inclined to say, you know, stick with that because it really hasn't changed very much. I mean, other than they, they've added new features. One of them is, is that you can take a picture of like somebody in your class and like morph them into like the Mona Lisa, which I mean, kind of fun, <laughs> might be kind of fun. So that's in the, uh, the new Adobe Premiere Elements. It's just released this past week, uh, by the way, Ruth. And so try that. And, uh, you know, you can sign up for that software as a service Adobe Premiere over on their website is their whole cloud account or you can check out the cyber link and I think those two would be my my first choices for you and when you get it all done I'd send me a link I'd actually love to see what you can come up with I think it'd be great as a matter of fact I know it's going to be great Ruth because you're great and thank you so much for your call you know, family reunions are always so much fun, right? Because this way it gives you the ability for everybody to get together and reminisce and, you know, recreate those old bonds. But one of the things that I want you to remember when you do have a family reunion is that, yes, the family is there, especially the older adults. So anytime you can get together with your family and some older adults, what I want you to do is to make sure that you just whip out your phone and put it on a tripod and then just ask, your family member to start telling you stories. That's it. 
and, and you're going to find that the more that you can ask them questions, the more animated they will be. And if you can even hide the phone from them, you might even get more genuine stories too. And once you have all that audio, what you can do is save that as a file and then go to a place like otter.ai. And that's where you can upload that audio file and it will do a full transcription. And what I like about otter.ai is that it will actually say person number one, person number two, person number three. And then you can even take that a step further. And when you have all those stories, you could create a beautiful coffee table book with pictures of grandma and grandpa and then parts of those stories on the side. So family reunions, yeah, a lot of fun. And it's uh, not a great place to talk politics ever. But if you can get those stories from your older adults, that's going to be really, really sweet. All right, let's switch gears just for a second and talk about Facebook Marketplace. You're over there and you spot a deal. Someone's moving and they're giving away their piano for free. And you're like, yes, that's fabulous. I've always wanted to have a piano. All right, not so fast, Buckaroo. The Better Business Bureau released a big warning about an uptick of scammers pretending to be giving away pianos. Yes, it starts with a great offer on platforms like Facebook Marketplace or OfferUp. And as the story goes, they're downsizing. They're looking for a good home for their beloved piano. And while the piano is free, oh, you just have to cover the shipping costs. So the supposed owner then refers you to movers who demand payment via digital wallet apps, wire transfers, or even a prepaid debit card. But here's the kicker. Once the payment is made, you know where I'm going with this, the piano never arrives. So always steer clear of any deals involving third-party shipping and always verify the authenticity of items, even free ones. Yeah, I know. Scammers are everywhere we look. Let's talk about printers. All right, you print a lot of sensitive stuff, right? Uh, Job offers, tax papers, legal documents, just to name a few. But is what you print staying between you and your printer? Mm, Unfortunately, the answer isn't yes all the time. These popular printing products and services, they don't necessarily promise to keep what you print confidential. In fact, some won't even guarantee that they won't share all your data with outside marketing firms. I know, isn't it just terrible? I mean, take Canon. Their privacy policy reveals that they can collect all sorts of stuff from you. I'm talking about files, images, descriptions, and even metadata. And they don't come clean whether they share that content with anybody else. FedEx's printing services, its policy mentions, listen to this, user uploaded information. And if you print over at Staples, oh, be aware of this. They can keep and store personal data, including what they say, copy and print materials. So if you're using a printing service, just know uh, somebody's keeping track of all it and they may be selling it. All right, let's go over to Sioux Falls, South Dakota and talk to Layla. Welcome to the show. Well, I have a computer question Uh, to start off. Our family uses a Mac primarily, Mm -hmm. and we have a 16-year-old son that wants to be a pilot, and we found that the flight simulator packages that he's got don't work well on a Mac. So we bought a PC strictly for his piloting practice. Anyway, um, there's one program called Real Flight that he would like to connect to the Internet, and... I'm wondering, is there a way to connect just that program so that he's not out there on the web doing all kinds of stuff? Yeah. You know, you're smart for calling. (laughs) You are. Because it's like everything's just like one click away from disaster, isn't it? It's like. Right. Um, 
you know, let's let's just walk through this, and then I'm gonna send you via email some additional information. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. What you're gonna do is you're gonna configure this machine to have two profiles. Okay. okay. One is gonna be the administrator, and one is gonna be a standard user, because okay. you're the mom. You pay the bills. Yep. Guess what? You get to be the administrator, right? Okay. Right. And your son is just a standard user. So what you have is something called, uh, there's a firewall there. And so what you Mm -hmm. can do is you can allow and block certain content on the firewall. Uh, You can say that none of the browsers can be used. You can block apps from accessing the internet. Uh, you, You really have the ability to do just about anything any control, just about anything there. Now, Good. The, the steps on how to do this are pretty, you can do it. I'm going to send you all the steps, but it's like you go into the control panel, you go to system security, Windows Defender, advanced settings, and then you're going to block out conventions and outbound rules. You know, see, when I, see where I'm going like with all this? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, but I'll, I'll write all this up for you. And so you're only Yay. going to allow real flight and that's going to be under... Uh, under the outbound rules. And so the only thing that he'll be able to do on there is just allow this real flight program to access the internet. I think that's fabulous. Has he always wanted to be a pilot? Um, maybe for about three years. He's in Civil Air Patrol and oh, we're headed that direction. So That's great. That's awesome. You know, and the, the flight simulators are just, I mean, it's really wonderful because this program, which I'm sure you read about, I mean, it gets real-time data. Oh, right. And, yes. Uh, so, awesome. Yeah. And so you're, you know, so if it's raining in Sioux Falls, it's raining on his computer, you know. Um, ah. And a friend of mine, uh, she flies a jet. She's just, a, this woman is uh. just amazing. I mean, she is a single pilot, flies her own jet. I'm like, you're just, hey. you're just bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're, you're just, you're just like, you're like, you know what? You're just like kick. I mean, she just does everything, yeah. you know. And oh, so good. we were, I was in California and she's, um, she lives down the street from me. And so I was sitting at my desk and, um, I thought I felt something kick my chair and I thought it was my 95 pound golden retriever. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, the dog's not there. And then it was the earthquake. <gasps> and, uh, it was like a 5.1 earthquake and it wasn't too, it was about like, I don't know, like 50 miles from the house. So and then my, my desk kind of like, I started swaying a little bit. And I thought because I just got back from a run, I didn't drink water. I'm like, oh my God, my blood pressure is so low. <laughs> it's like, oh, like no. I'm like, no, no, it's an earthquake. <laughs> you know? So it's like, and so ah. anyway, so I texted my friend and I said, was that just me or did I feel the earthquake? And she texted me back. She was, oh, I was in my flight simulator. I thought I was going through turbulence. <laughs> so anyway. Oh my, oh funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold, Layla, I'm going to put you on hold, and then we're going to send you out all these steps. Now, if you need any help afterwards, any help afterwards, I just want you to know that we're always here for you, and uh, we can always lend a hand. And But again, you're just going to work in some firewalls, we'll give you some links, and there's also some videos I think we can probably point you in a direction. But piece of cake, you got this, and thanks for your call. All right, so you think someone was snooping on your computer. Hmm, right, here's how to see what they were doing. All right, your first stop is to see what files on your PC that the person has opened. And good for you. Windows has a really simple way to go back to a file or an attachment that you looked at before. All you need to do is open File Explorer by pressing the Windows key and the E key at the same time. Then I want you to look at the top left menu and select Quick Access. 
That's the list of what you've opened along with anyone else who just happened to hop on your computer. And you can also open apps like Word and then off of the file menu, they have recent. Okay, another clue, sort files modified by days in File Explorer. Next, be sure to look at your web browser's history. But you need to know a simple shortcut to make sure that no one snoops on your PC when you're not around. Of course, you're going to put a password on your login. That's a no-brainer. But the next time you're done using your computer, I want you to press the Windows and the L key. Why? Because that automatically locks your PC. Again, Windows and the L key. All right, let's go back to the phones with David in St. Petersburg, Florida. I've uh, had a digital camera for about 20 years now. Not anything fancy, not the $30,000 Nikons or something like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been taking pictures for a long time. And I was sort of looking through all my storage. I've got a couple of computers and a couple, they have hard drives. And then I have uh, sort of portable backup drives and things like that. And I just, I looked through it and I found out I've got 155,812 photos. Oh. Uh, okay. And what it is, is most of them are, are backups of copies or copies of backups or all these things. But you can literally fill up a whole sheet of, of the, the Windows mm-hmm. file manager with the same photo. And I'm trying to find some sort of automated software that would would eliminate all these duplicates and just get it down to a manageable amount of 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 storage space and stuff like that. Ideally, it would be something where it would take um, the original photo and then uh, also copy off to one of the backups and a copy off to the backup and maybe throw a, a picture up on the cloud or something like that. Well, and let's, let's talk know. about how to clean it up first. Okay. That's our first step, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you sitting there going picture, keep, delete, keep, delete, keep, delete. Right. I mean, you know, I don't know how old you are, but that's going to be like, I don't know, you had 20 years worth of photos. I'd say at least another 10 years getting rid of the dupes. I mean, so we definitely... Well, I understand. I mean, and I don't take pictures of my meals at restaurants and things like that. <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people. Well, so this... I think maybe I could have maybe 2,000 photos, but that's just, that's, you know, not even, it's a little over 1%. Yeah. Or well... maybe I have, maybe I have twice that, but... You see what I'm saying? Oh, no, I, I totally get so where you're coming from, because this is a common problem. It's not just with you. It's everybody, especially when you start looking at all these different type of backup mediums and you have backups of backups. And then, you mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Because it's just easily just it's just get overwhelming. It's like, you know, because way, way long time ago, uh, sounds like you remember when we'd have like 36 exposure film and that's all you got. Okay. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, some of these are like little, you know, they're tiny, you know, 72 DPI and they're five by seven sort of, because that's what the camera at the time did. Exactly. So let's talk about the software. What you're going to get is a program called duplicate cleaner pro. And, uh, it's really easy to use. Uh, but I think what you're going to like about it is that the pro version, uh, it uses a little AI. And it will actually mm-hmm. analyze the actual image content. 
Okay. See, some of the duplicate photo finders, they'll look for like the same file name, the same file size, the the same date. Okay. But Mm -hmm. because you got multiple days and multiple years, we've been backing all this stuff up. It may be the same picture, but it's can't find it because it's only going on that certain criteria. Well, also, I had a hard drive crash, and and so I did a recovery from that, and it grabbed uh, you know most of those photos, but then it didn't name them the same thing, and it didn't record the date the same, and all that kind of stuff. So it's I can just see a how mess. The AI would would help. It's a mess, is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Okay, so so um, so you could use that. Uh, there's also. You know, there is another tool uh, called Visipix, V-I-S-I-P-I-C-S. You might want to try that. Both of these have trial versions. So you might just want to download both and put it on a folder and see which one is actually works the best for you. So you're going to look at uh, Duplicate Cleaner Pro and Visipix. And by the way, uh, there's a tool from Microsoft is free for Windows called Sync Toy. It's been around forever. And it will help you keep these directories in sync. So you might want to take a look at that. But also keep in mind, some of these programs, they want to do it all automatically for you. Just make sure that you select the option that you can actually review them one by one if you want to. I'm not saying that, you know, if you need to, if you want to. Uh, By the way, if you're on a Mac, the new Photos app that you have on your Mac and on your uh, phone, by the way, it actually has a duplicates folder. Now you may be unaware that this even exists. And so if you have never looked, I did myself when it first came out, I haven't looked at it for a while, but when it first came out, I think in the spring, I had like 3000 duplicate photos. And I admit, unfortunately, there were some duplicate photos of like spaghetti dishes and ramen noodles. So if you're on a Mac, make sure you check that. For everybody else, again, Visipix Duplicate Cleaner Pro. Thanks for your call today, Dave. All right, before we just leave this whole topic about backing up photos, and let's just go through some parameters and some estimated counts. So like, for example, you know, of course there's JPEG and there's RAW files. Okay, a standard resolution JPEG image, I don't know, it's anywhere between one and five megabytes. Now, if it's a DSLR, mirrorless camera, that could be 10 megs or more. Now, RAW, that's an uncompressed file, okay? Those can be anywhere between, say, 25 megs, maybe as high as 50 megs. So when you start looking about how much storage that you need, you really need to say, okay, am I storing in JPEG or RAW? Now, RAW is really, like I said, for the pros. So a casual photographer, I bet you you have all JPEGs. So for about 100 photos, you may need anywhere between one and say three gigs of storage, okay? Now, if you're doing a JPEG and also some RAW files, well, then you may need, I don't know, for a thousand photos, you maybe need mm, 35 to 60 gigs. Now, let's say that you're really a professional. Uh, raw files, yeah, 5,000 photos up to 300 gigs. And don't forget about your videos because they take just a crap load of storage too. So if you're shooting videos, especially in 4K, that storage requirement is going to go up, right? So a one-minute 4K video is usually about 400 megs. So you just kind of keep these numbers in mind. Now, I love cloud storage, but also you might want to consider a network-attached storage if this is something that you are really doing. You're, you're really into photography, so this way you have it right there. But just keep in mind, a NAS, a network-attached storage, is a hard drive. And guess what? Mm, hard drives can fail. That's right. All right, there's one really important thing that you need to do today. What I want you to do is to sit back. I want you to Google your phone number 
because this way, if you, it's out there, you can have it removed from the search results. So for many years, there wasn't much you could do to remove your personal information from Google search results. So why are they changing? Here's the deal, is that they're getting into AI, like every other big company in the universe, and they're going to go out and just suck in everything off the internet so that could be part of BARD. Instead of ChatGPT from OpenAI, BARD is what uh, Google's calling their AI. So if BARD has a lot of personal information inside its knowledge base, what do you think will happen next? Yes. Follow the money train. We're talking about lawsuits. Because in the past, if your bank account details, your credit card numbers or scammers, uh, Google might remove that, but maybe not. You will probably just ignore it. But as I mentioned, Google has just made some major changes because of AI. And you can now request the removal of your personal contact information from Google search results. And this includes not only your phone number, but also your email address, your physical address, and any login details that might be out there. Now, before you get all excited about this, okay, Google's changes does not mean that all your personal identifiable information Uh, Your address, your age, your date of birth, and who your relatives are, that's available on these countless people's search sites. Your contact details will only be removed by Google. So you'll find the exact link to start the process over at my website. That's commando.com. Just type in the search box, remove personal data and Google. Hey, do me a solid and tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show because knowledge is power. And you can find me 24-7 at commando.com. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited.